This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Have you found answers to the big questions of life like, Who am I and what am I here for? Does God know me and care for me? Stay with us as Pastor Steve Kramer helps us find answers to our questions in today's message, Who is this Jesus and what does he want from me? Who is Jesus and what does he want from me? We're going to take a look at a story in God's Word today that answers that question. I hope you'll stay with us as we begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Compassionate and merciful God, we open our hearts and minds to you in worship today. We ask that you would speak, O Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. Our reading for today is from Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 13. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Dear friends, many congregations celebrate Holy Communion, also called the Lord's Supper, on the first Sunday of every month. And that's what today is. That's always been a special time that I have looked forward to, and I'll bet it has been for many of you as well. The reason I bring communion up is that today's assigned reading strikes me as the perfect text to study on a communion Sunday. Uh, Let's take a closer look at it. We find Jesus on a retreat with his disciples. He's been facing more and more rejection towards his ministry and himself. In chapter 13, for instance, he's in his own hometown and they reject him. And now we see things getting even worse, more hostile towards the kingdom of God movement at the beginning of chapter 14. Jesus hears some disturbing news. We read at the beginning of this chapter that King Herod has started to turn his attention to Jesus when he hears of his fame and miracles. Mean old Herod has already had John the Baptist beheaded, and now he's concerned that Jesus might be John the Baptist raised from the dead, which means more trouble for him. Jesus 
upon hearing this report, quietly s steals away. He, he goes off into the wilderness for a personal retreat, maybe to contemplate the martyrdom of John and what it means for him. It could be a foreshadowing of his own death on the cross. That time seems to be drawing near. There is now a sense of danger and rejection brooding over Matthew's gospel narrative at this point as we see God's prophet, the forerunner, John the Baptist, died this violent death. And now Jesus is facing more and more rejection and attention from the powers that be himself. We are told that he gets in a boat with his disciples, and so he seeks some solitude. Think about things. As we see, though, there is no solitude for Jesus to enjoy, even in the wilderness. He is surprised with a great crowd of people waiting for him on the other shore who have come from the villages. They want to be with Jesus. They've heard of his miracles, you see. They crowd around him like moths drawn to the light. His response, he receives them. He receives them with compassion. Now that word compassion means that he's deeply moved by their suffering. Compassion is a noble emotion that enters into the pain of another in order to do something about it. And Jesus did something about it that day. He began to heal their sick throughout the rest of the day. It's a wonderful picture of Jesus that we have here, the compassionate Jesus with kindness in his eyes, empathy, tireless attention given to each person brought to him, making time for each individual, making them feel valued, showing mercy, serving them in God's name. But as you know, the story doesn't end there, does it? The disciples, they're keeping track of the time. The sun is sinking low. They tell Jesus, you better send them away now so they can get home and eat. And Jesus shocks them with this response. They need not go away, you feed them. Can you imagine what's going on in those minds of the disciples? Us? You've got to be kidding, Jesus. They examine their inventory, though, with despair. This is impossible, they conclude. We only have five loaves and two fish. That's not going to go very far. Ah, but they also have Jesus. They haven't quite figured him out yet and who he really is and what he can do. Their faith is still small. He says, yeah, bring it to me. The five loaves and two fishes. And the disciples obey him. And in the presence of the crowds... He takes them in his hand, the loaves and the fish, and he lifts his face to heaven and blesses God, giving thanks for those pitiful supplies. And then he began to break them and gave them to the disciples to hand out, catching them into his own joyous movement of trust and love. And the disciples handed them out to the crowd, and everyone ate and were satisfied. 5,000 men plus women and children, it says and leftovers. There was a banquet that day in the wilderness that miraculously happened with Jesus as the host. Someone might ask of this, can you believe in a miracle like that? I like what Martin Luther wrote years ago in one of his wonderful writings. He said, God's 
marvelous works which happen daily are lightly esteemed, not because they are of no import, but because they happen so constantly and without interruption. Man is used to the miracle that God rules the world and upholds all creation, and because things daily run their appointed course, it seems insignificant, and no man thinks it's worth his while to meditate upon it and to regard it as God's wonderful work. And yet, it is a greater wonder than Jesus feeding 5,000 men with five loaves and Jesus making wine from water. Friends, God is at work doing miracles all the time. Feeding 5,000 is nothing for him. This feeding of the 5,000 is really quite a lovely picture to meditate upon. All four gospel writers obviously thought so because each of them includes it in their gospel story about Jesus for some reason. This episode, in the midst of Christ's ministry and in the midst of the rejections that precede it and follow, is answering the question for us, who is this Jesus and what does he want from me? As we observe Jesus in action, we see a compassionate healer, don't we? He cares deeply for people who are hurting and needing God's help. And with his power, he brings about healing in the lives of those he encounters in this story today. And by the way, he still does. Sometimes through direct intervention and sometimes through means of medical science. We also see a miracle worker feeding over 5,000 people with very little. Five loaves, two fishes. By the way, where did these resources come from? They didn't just magically appear, did they? Three of the disciples say they came from the disciples, and one say they came from the little boy in the crowd. But it doesn't really matter. What does matter is this. We learn what great things can happen when Christ gets hold of what we have at hand, as little as we may think it is. Kingdom of God miracles occur. An African proverb says to those of us who think we can't make much of a difference, if you think you're too small to make a difference, try spending the night in a closed room with a mosquito. <laughs> now, friend, what a difference we can make when Christ is working in us and through us and with us, with our resources. But even more than all of that, in this story, we are to see the divine. We see God. That's what we are to behold in this story, that Jesus is the Son of God. Let, let me explain. This story brings Old Testament images to mind. For instance, we're reminded of another wilderness meal in the books of Exodus in Numbers, where God provided manna each day to his people as they traveled from Egypt back to the Promised Land. We're also reminded of David's divine shepherd described in Psalm 23 as we read this story. As, as Jesus makes the people in the wilderness sit in the grass beside the sea, we are reminded of the good shepherd who makes us to lie down in green pastures beside still waters, who restores us, who provides for his sheep. 
I'm also reminded by this uh, story of the prophet Isaiah's divine host who speaks the word of the Lord to his people in exile in Babylon. Listen to these words in Isaiah 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Did you catch the repetition, by the way? Come, come, come is God's invitation to his people. Come and eat. Come in faith. Come believing in me. He goes on to say to them in this passage, incline your ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. And I'll make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for King David. And of course, Jesus will come right out and say basically with God-like authority in John's version of the feeding of the 5,000, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never hunger or thirst. In other words, he's saying, I'm God. Come to me. Believe in me. Great things are promised to you if you do. And that, my friends, answers the second part of today's question about what Jesus wants from us. We find in the story of the feeding of the 5,000 that it is meant to not only tell us who Jesus is, it is meant also to encourage us to believe in him and come to him, and follow him, and turn our lives over to his care, every area of our lives, to his care and leadership. He's offering you and me a wonderful friendship with him, a new life that actually begins now and lasts forever. There will be no more hunger or thirst within you, he promises. He holds the answers to the big questions of life like, Who am I? And what am I here for? And does God know me and care about me? And what's my future? By the way, I would be remiss if I didn't point something else out. As Jesus broke the bread in this story, I couldn't help but see the foreshadowing of another story later that took place in the upper room at the Passover meal the night before Jesus was crucified. He took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I will not drink of this fruit of the vine again until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Every time believers in him eat the bread then that's been broken and drink the wine, we are to remember what he did at the cross for us to forgive our sins. It's God's blood of the covenant. It's actually a new covenant relationship based on Christ's loving sacrifice for our sin. But we also remember the promise of what he will do with us at the end of time. It will be glorious, to say the least. We will sit with him at the great heavenly banquet. Our tears will be wiped away, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things will have passed away. A great day lies ahead for those who trust in Jesus Christ. And the appeal is in this story, don't miss out on this banquet. He's inviting you. 
In this story for today, there is a personal invitation to you from Jesus himself, the Son of God. Come to me. Come to my banquet. All has been prepared for you, and there's a place at the table waiting just for you. Come home to me. I finish with a story that I heard years ago. A notable seminary invited a world-famous controversial theologian to deliver a lecture to the student body. He spoke for an hour, proving that since there was no such thing as a resurrection, the religious tradition of the church was groundless, emotional mumbo-jumbo, because it was based on a relationship with a risen Jesus who, in fact, never rose from the dead in any literal sense. Huh. He then asked if there were any questions. After a few seconds, a black preacher in the back with a beautiful head of white hair stood up and said, Doctor, I only have one question. All eyes turned back to the questioner. He reached into his sack lunch that he'd brought with him and pulled out an apple and began to eat it. Doctor, crunch, munch. My question is a simple question. Hmm, crunch, munch. Now, I never read those books you read, crunch, munch, and I can't recite the scripture in the original Greek. And I don't know much about Niebuhr and Heidegger. Hmm, crunch, munch. And he, then he held up his apple and said, all I want to know is, this apple I just ate, was it bitter or sweet? The lecturer paused for a moment and answered in scholarly fashion, Sir, I cannot possibly answer that question, for I have not tasted your apple. Then the black preacher dropped the core of the apple back into his crumpled paper bag and calmly said, Neither have you tasted my Jesus. The rest of the audience could not contain themselves. They erupted with applause and cheers. The doctor thanked his audience and promptly left. Friend, have you tasted my Jesus? If not, don't wait. He is delicious. Amen. Pray with me, would you? Lord, may all who are listening today be moved to come home to you in faith. For you have the words of eternal life. Amen. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Christian Crusaders continues to be of vital importance to the spiritual needs of many who listen. We ask you to help make this program possible through your prayers and financial considerations. Address your gifts to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free phone number is one 888 my faith in the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924 or visit us on the internet at christiancrusaders.org. It's a convenient and secure way to support this ministry with your credit card. We thank all those who support this ministry with their prayers and gifts.
If you'd like to listen to today's message again, you can find it in one of three podcasts. The first podcast, called the CC Broadcast, is where weekly services are archived. The second podcast, called the CC Podcast Conversations, is where we archive inspiring interviews with interesting Christians, such as gangster and murderer Ron Gruber and NFL football player from the University of Iowa, Ike Boddicker and other interesting and inspiring interviews we believe you'll enjoy. The third podcast, called the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotionals, is where we host our daily Bible overview with six-minute devotions. These podcasts can be subscribed to on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You'll find a link to them on our website, christiancrusaders.org. Our Living the Jesus Life series ended with Pastor Kramer's July 12th message. Throughout the 15 sermons of the series, we've taken a closer look at the book of Philippians and what the Apostle Paul wanted us to know about living the life God wants for us in His Son. If you enjoyed the series and want to read or listen to it again, or for the first time, Christian Crusaders will be making the entire series available in print and audio versions for a suggested donation of $25 or more. For more information about getting a copy of the series, you can write us at Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Or call us at 319-277-0924 or visit our website at www.christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next week on this station. Conducting the service was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting and podcasting biblical truth since 1936.